Probably science. I am Andy Wood, joined by Matt Kirsten. Hello, and we have uh, Brooks' replacement today. Brooks, Brooks is away, and we've replaced him in fine style with Mr. Jesse Case. Hey, guys. And I, I don't know if our listeners who might have joined recently know this, but you are not only uh, a talented comedian, you've been seen on Last Comic Standing. All uh, those things. You are also a composer, and one of the things you've composed is the theme song to Probably Science. The Probably Science theme song. You will, you will know it from the music you heard literally 30 seconds ago yeah literally you'll also notice the the absence of another genre of music that that has recently followed that um that is we're taking a brief respite from from summer country which some of you have requested so you're welcome for that um and we are joined by a very special guest of ours you may have seen him on chelsea lately and in the feature film um, do some uh, the, research. The, 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 I know. No, do some no research. strings attached. No strings attached. I also noticed you uh, in the background in um, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Yes. That was, uh, it's Guy Branham. Guy Branham is Hello, here. Hello. I'm here. Yeah, thank you for attempting to remember the name of the romantic comedy I was in over a year ago. I need to stop <laughs> using that as a credit. It's just embarrassing to everyone. No, you were great in it. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you for it's coming. Yeah. Ages since I, like I've, when were you last in? A, I wasn't in a romantic comedy for like years. It's been a long time. It's been at least like two years for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. since my last Hugh Grant vehicle. Yeah, it's been well. I mean, like technically everything. In you Britain were very is a Hugh Grant vehicle, so I was just there a few months ago. <laughs> you but, were very good in music and lyrics. Thank you. I'm glad you noticed. Someone finally takes notice. Well, yeah, we we are glad to have you here, and we always ask our guests before we start off. Um, I know you have a background in in law. Yes. Did you study anything scientific? No, quite specifically, in college, I took the the easiest science requirements possible for the very, very lax requirements of the University of California at Berkeley. My science requirements were satisfied with a class in nutrition that only had multiple choice uh, tests and a class in evolutionary biology where, uh, evolu- yeah, evolutionary anthropology, where we just passed around skulls. The <laughs> end. That's nice. Wow. wow. That, that sounds very similar. I took a class called Rural Socio- Sociology that was the easiest class. And I, it was so... Did you say rural... So- rural Sociology. It's hard for me to say. What, but the, what is rural sociology? Exactly. I don't... I mean, it was the most basic... It was at, uh, multiple choice tests where the questions... Would, which of the following is an example of socially deviant behavior? Holding a door for an old lady or punching your sister in the face. Like, it was just the dumbest... And that's... that's in rural, Surely that's urban sociology as well. That's <laughs> the kind of urban sociology, right. to be fair. Is but, that not... I I don't know. Are the, rural, are the rules different? I thought only the only different social rules in the rural areas are when it comes to actual relations between the family. Like this is true. Violence is the same. Like you're, mm. you're not allowed to punch your sister anywhere. I think the main reason it was called rural is because there is a school of agriculture at Cornell, and that was through that school that that class was offered. So I think everything has to have some strange agricultural or rural designation. Oh, that's weird. Ivy League, yeah. Andy Wood. Well, I mean, you know. But so, but rural Ivy League. There are seven colleges. <laughs> but if it's just it's a in normal, the university. Some of them are. It's a normal sociology class. It's just taught by a guy with like a straw hanging out of his. <laughs> exactly. <head. Yeah. laughs> Welcome to rural sociology. <laughs> yeah. Next week, rural calculus. <laughs> <laughs> no shoes allowed in the auditorium. Yeah, yeah. you got to take yeah. them off. They, they issue. Overalls. You can just choose a theme. For yeah. Uh, yeah, but the class was so easy that I actually signed up for that at the same time as another class and just never went to the <laughs> class all year and just went to the tests. Wow. And I still passed. Although, actually, I got a lower grade than my GPA, so it was defeating because it actually lowered my overall GPA. Damn those farmers. Yeah. Those damn tricky, <laughs> tricky <laughs> those, farmers. those social rural bastards. Yeah. So, anyhow, so, Guy, you went to Cal. 
Yes. And then you finished with, what was your degree as an undergrad? Uh, it was English and history. And then immediately law school, or were you out in, in the world then, for a bit? Then immediately law school. Excellent. And then uh, how have your parents dealt with you wasting your education? My mother is very bitter and angry. <laughs> Periodically she says, but guy, you're never going to be a lawyer. Um, <laughs> and my father is still more just having a problem with the fact that I have sex with men. I guess uh, that's what? probably yes. the harder thing to wrap your head around as a parent. It's true. I'm, I'm sorry to, to break it to you this way, Mr. Kirshen. Jesus. I know. Wow. You weren't going to give any kind of sign or any sort of heads up? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> no, you could tell because I wasn't eating a fried chicken sandwich. That's how you can get the indication. This was days. not covered in rural sociology. <laughs> this, this is was... very not rural sociology. No, no my homosexuality was the most rural homo- uh, was the most rural sociology. I was raised in an almond farm. Um, so, I mean, I, I do have an intimate, scientifically, I have an intimate understanding of the life cycle of the almonds. Wow. Wow. Really? Yes. I'm cur- have you read Guns, Germs, and Steel? Well, yes, I have read Guns, Germs, and There's Steel. There's a whole chapter on the almond, right? Yes, but m- more than that, Guns, Germs, and Steel is bullshit. Ooh. Um, Jared Diamond, you have been called out by Guy Branham. Uh, no, there's uh, there's another guy named Marvin Harris who's like very aggressive about um, why the uh, the New World sort of didn't develop agriculture and stuff, which is basically they got here 20,000 years ago. They weren't as intimate with the stuff that they were dealing with. Uh, and I think that Jared Diamond's assertion that, oh, there's just nothing good to domesticate in the Americas is bullshit because there's, I mean, there are a fair number of grain-like things here. They're fucking sheep. Like, uh, it's people who who haven't been here that long. But either way, I mean, I think his point was just, or I, I know that his point was to sort of um, produce an argument that counters just the racist, well, obviously, the reason that the Europeans had this fast-growing culture and came over and conquered the Americas instead of vice versa is because white people are smarter. He was kind of trying to disprove that. Either way, you're still saying it's an environmental reason. Right. It's not, well, it's it's all, not it's a deficiency always an, of... It's always environmental. Right, I mean, but that was the purpose we, of the we, book, was to prove that kind of, oh, all yeah, these differences. We, we came from Africa, and then, and then the Fertile Crescent was next, and you had to develop agriculture. Well, like like no, an Africa, there's still had to. It's just that you were lucky well, yeah, you enough had to be to, in a you place. You would die. There, well, no, there's still... that's not his assertion, though. In the well, I think his assertion would be wrong. Then <laughs> his assertion. I haven't, is... I haven't read it, but I'm oh, taking well, guy's side for some reason. No, no, no. But that's that's not my side, though. The point is, is that they were in the Fertile Crescent for hundreds of thousands of years, and eventually, like a lot of people, just figured out, dude, if we stay by these grassy areas and collect the the grains from it, we can keep that shit in case of a bad year. Right. And like the people who got to the Americas were hunting and gathering for so long. Like that it only like only at the very end, like we got here in like 1500 and they were just kind of figuring out corn and potatoes and, and quinoa and, and the fucking Aztec or the fucking Incas. And quinoa. And quinoa. Is yes. that true? Really? Yeah. Quinoa meant a lot to the Was it the one Incas. of the earliest crops? I, yeah. It's, uh, I the, thought quinoa came in in like the 90s. <laughs> right. Oh. Uh, <laughs> quinoa was a very fusion type thing. <laughs> I thought it was only in the last 10 years or so that people knew yeah. how to pronounce it. And right. That, uh, it, was, it, was second, it was second only to potatoes in importance to the Inca people. Really? Wow. Right? And the Incas, wow. they domesticated both the llama and the guinea pig, so they get mad respect from me. That's mm. a, well, wow. That, that's a double impressive, like, yeah, as the far colo- as quinoa, like, that's the second quinoa fact I've ever learned after the fact that it's pronounced quinoa. <laughs> I, I, quinona for a long time. <laughs> sure. Well, it was the colonial fusion era. They would listen to Miles Davis while they harvested <laughs> the quinoa. Um, and lots of co-ops and a jaded suicide girl the- would serve it to them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's very, that's very interesting. So, uh, 
uh, the Inca, you, I mean, basically, uh, this guy, Marvin Harris, his assertion is the Aztecs, like Aztec cannibalism mattered a lot because they didn't have any domesticated animals. So they killed human beings and like gave pieces out to politically important people. So you would get some meat because you needed protein. Um, he argues that protein is the most important thing in human development. And I kind of like that assertion because I'm a fat man and enjoy eating. <laughs> Protein specifically? Yes, quite specifically. Well, this is all quite neat. Is this leading uh, on? Is to this a jizz this joke or what? Yes. Oh, no, I, I, I wasn't. No, it, no, it, no, 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 I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, we all went there, right? And we all backed off. Well, no, I didn't know. I didn't know if I was. I didn't know if it was over my head or. Well, we're or, here now, so enjoy. Want to no, play around in this space, Jesse? Jessie, eventually, go. it will be in my head. Okay. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. <laughs> and we're back on track. So uh, <laughs> this actually does dovetail amazingly well. Speaking about hunter gatherers, because um, the article that I was going to start off with is one that talks about the fact that uh, a study of this hunter gatherer tribe may provide clues to the roots of obesity. Um, and I'm just curious what. If I were to poll the three of you, what do you think is more responsible for obesity in these modern times? Is it lack of activity or is it is it poor diet and overeating? I I don't know. I I would guess sort of fifty fifty. Yeah. Without having read the article, which I've also read, which okay. at least is it, I would have guessed <laughs> pretending 50, 50. that you haven't read the article. I would, going I, uh, going diplomatic. I, I would I would say being sedentary would be the most important because okay. because you would just eat you would still eat like shit back in the day. You would well, eat as many calories as you could. As, as you could exactly that was the the limiter though so okay we have one we have one some, defense, we have some one places were lifestyle. less limited though you know right that's true okay guy what, what do you think i think you used to have to go and kill or find what you were eating so that like necessitated a great deal of like getting the food was an activity in and of itself so i'm gonna go with with the 50 50 and also like but but back then we didn't have like uh, we didn't have grains. People who go on these paleo diets, they work for them because that's kind of what our body was intended for, for like most of its evolutionary history. To be fair, though, for the past 500 years, we've pretty much just been eating grain and dairy products. Here's my other problem with, with, with this, the paleo diet thing. Like, oh, it design, our body's designed for... Like, you're eating like a caveman. To try and gain what the health level of cavemen, what with the, the life right. expectancy of a kid, like cavemen lived to about twenty, didn't they? Like the life expectancy of a caveman was not. It's, yeah, it's like having know, like homeless fantasy camp or something. Yeah, yeah like, you don't you don't see that many sort of cave paintings of Silver Lake is what the yeah it's called. Then. Um, two points. Scientific point. Apparently, hunter gatherers had a more balanced diet than we did because it was like, oh, we go and eat berries now, and then we like you were getting more varied things than like. A thousand years ago when people were just like, this is my portion of rice and maybe I will get meat like two weeks from now. Right. And then my official joke is that I think the paleo diet and also CrossFit because they like they're always going together. It's all about straight guys who want to be hot but don't want to admit that they want to be hot. <laughs> so it's like, look at me. I'm doing this like a man. I'm the, like, uh, uh, OK, sure. It is, it is. It is no homo Pilates. Like it is <laughs> like I, I'm not a faggot, but look at my waistline. Sure. <laughs> Sure, that makes sense. I like it. I like it. Uh, well, do you want to know what the actual study produced? What let's, the results of the let's study? hear about the okay. study. Well, this was a study done by the U.S. and uh, Tanzania and the U.K. And uh, it turns out the idea that exercise is more important than diet in the fight against obesity has been contradicted. Uh, they did a study of the Hadza tribe who still exist as hunter-gatherers, and this suggests that the amount of calories we need is a fixed human characteristic. And it suggests that Westerners are growing obese through overeating rather than having inactive lifestyles. So this is interesting. They they sort of did a study of these guys' energy expenditure during an average day of hunting and gathering, and yeah, found out that it's pretty much the same. Like that, their, their need for calories is pretty much the same as a computer programmer. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. 
so it, it, yeah, it, like obviously this is just one study, but it does it does seem to suggest that the bucket loads of shit that we eat nowadays is more responsible than the lack of exercise. Mm. Although it does then say exercise is still important for staying fit, but it won't necessarily keep you thin. You need okay. to eat less to do that. So the, I, so the answer does seem to be both then. It seems well, to be both as far as fitness levels goes, but as far as like actual waistline and just uh, whether or not you physically gain fat, lose fat, it does seem that calorie intake is more important than cal- than energy expenditure. So what do they say the basic... I mean, obviously the... the calorie intake you need varies for each person right based but on they're saying height it, and th- but they're saying even this this group of people that we would have assumed have this ridiculously high calorie yeah. burning every you know they, they must burn through a lot more calories than we do every day with their hunter gatherer lifestyle they're saying that's not actually true so how many calories do they eat a day uh, well, they said that's a the phys- they found physical activity levels were much higher in the Hadza men women, but when corrected for size and weight, their metabolic rate was no different than that of Westerners. But I get, then again, I don't know how you correct for size and weight when we're talking about the excess of weight. So, but e- either way, their their overall assum- assertion here is that food intake is calorie intake is much more important than exercise. I would counter this by saying like this is just saying that yeah, these people are skinny. And they don't burn a ton of calories and they don't eat a lot. But I would say there is also a level of exercise you can reach where, yeah, you can eat a lot and still not. What, I mean, about, like, what about Michael, Michael Phelps? Phelps? Yeah, 12,000. 12,000. Yeah, when I was, I mean, I swam in college and when I was swimming, I could never even eat enough to, to keep from being constantly hungry. So if you're exercising enough, yeah, you can eat what you want. Did you have to, when you stopped training, did you have to kind of like gradually wean yourself off the training or did you just kind of stop and just, did you put on weight off when the you stopped? Tra- well, I, the, the summer, I remember the summer after my sophomore year, in college, I gained thirty or forty pounds. Yeah, because I yeah because I was still eating and drinking the way that I was in season, and uh, I, I didn't realize. That, well, now I'm not training. And I didn't. I, I wasn't aware you were in season at the same time as well. Does that? No, I mean the summer is it's he's a winter making, sport. He's making a menstruation joke. It's a winter sport. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Thank okay, you, yes. guy. Okay, I missed the. Uh, <laughs> I'm not that sharp today. Um, it's been a long day, but yeah. Anyway, so have, have they put any Tanzanians on the South Beach? That's what exactly. I want to know. Exactly. Yeah. I want to know. Are they doing the paleo? What are they eating exactly? I bet they're ripped. Also, do we have photos they of Andy? Do, do we have photos of Andy from the swimming days? By we, do you mean do I? Yeah. Well, I guess it'd be most likely. It'd be the least weird out of <laughs> do the you three. Know, <laughs> this is this is really weird, but um, I have this. <laughs> I shouldn't admit this on the podcast. So there, when I was a senior, one of the seniors' parents. Okay, I'll just say one day during practice, there was a ph- photographer who was taking pictures of us all while we were swimming, and I, I we all assumed it was for the paper or something or for some like year end. <laughs> just an unchecked photographer. No, for like this, the school paper. We thought it was going to be uh, maybe like uh, they have a, a brochure they put out at the end of the year with all the athletes and there's team pictures and some action shots. So we thought it was that. And it turned out one of the seniors' parents had paid to have this person come out, and then they blew up these giant pictures of all of us. So at the, at the senior banquet, we all got these pictures of ourselves that are mounted on a giant piece of wood. It's not even a traditional photo. It's like, have you seen that kind of photo? We can just mount it on something yeah. hard. And so I've I've had it my whole you know since for 13 years now, and it's just the weirdest thing because you can't put it up and you can't put it up in your living room because it's well no you can only really put it up directly above your bed on the ceiling right <laughs> right exactly right. so that's where it stayed the whole time but I, I can't throw it away either so I have it in it's my too big. house it's just too big to throw away it's giant yeah but it's such a sil- I can grab it right now I've seen it you actually have it I've seen you it. want to see it is this ridiculous I mean it's bad podcasting but I do want to see it <laughs> I mean we could post a picture oh this is a bad I, this we, this is a bad road to go. Down. Okay, forget I said anything. Yeah. 
You asked. We'll, we'll, we'll look at it after. And you, yeah, you should post a photo. I'm online. not going to post a photo. You have it's to so now. ridiculous. You have to now. Yeah, I think you have to post a photo of yeah. guy holding it. <laughs> I'll do yeah. that. Yeah, we like, right? for that picture. Yeah, let's take that. We'll take that photo out. Like a like a safari price. <laughs> I will recreate the photo here and now <laughs> nice. myself. I feel like this has been too much about swimming now. You hear just yeah, guy just mounted Andy on wood. <laughs> Jesus, so many levels to that. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, I, I do enjoy that we are sending scientists over to go look at how poor, poor people are. <laughs> like, we just want to figure out how, how difficult it is for you guys to barely exist. Will you indulge us in that? Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. Like, if, they've, if they're a hunter-gatherer tribe that's changed, according to this article, changed very little in 10,000 years, no they don't have really any concept of poverty. wealth. Yeah, yeah, it's not they're, like they're, they just they're have e- a concept of, like, you know... Hungry and not successfully, <laughs> yeah, yeah. successfully right. hunt, I, gathered. I assume or they never developed like an economy or anything. Yeah, exactly. So you know, it's probably like it's quite a blissful situation from that point of view. I do enjoy those cultures, like uh, in in the Amazon, who like their numbering system was one, two, and a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, many. It's, yeah. Well, and they didn't even add a lot until they found quinoa. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they immediately. Oh, that's that's more than two of those things. <laughs> that's a hand waving number of things. And yeah, the, yeah. The only other really language they have is it's surprisingly high in protein, <laughs> <laughs> which is what someone has to say about quinoa every yeah. time it's brought up in a health food restaurant. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a really good, super it's, grain. It's a really good source of protein. It's gluten free. Okay, what's the bigger crock, uh, quinoa or acai? Oh, acai is <laughs> acai for sure, right? What is acai? Exactly. It's those berries that I called AK for years. <laughs> oh, is that how it's pronounced? Yeah, it's acai. Okay. I've just learned another thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's those, uh, and, and it was pop-up ad city for like a couple years. Right, but also, yeah. forcibly mispronouncing ethnic words is the last vestige of the empire. Like, that's what you guys got, is that I'm not going to say quesadilla. Those are two L's. <laughs> Oh, Casadala. Casadala. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, yeah. Well, I I, sure, sure. Acai. I don't. I. I don't know what antioxidants are. I do know. I know they're the opposite of oxidants. I they are. They're the, probably the opposite of antioxidants. Are not necessarily good for you in any way. Like it's. Really? It, yeah. That's. Yeah. You think you would just very crocs. Well, it's it's proper. Like the argue, It's real sort of. It's like electrolytes. The assertion for, is that it stops you. It stops you from aging because stops you. What, what, it, yeah. what they claim is like free radicals in the body are responsible for various things like aging and possible, possible you know, certain cancers. And what are, are free radicals again? I'm sorry, Mandela. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. Two for two. Oh my goodness! Uh, All over it. So but free, keep in mind, I was thinking of one since he first said it, so I had like a 10 second barrier of talking. <laughs> Uh, free free radicals basically charged like charged bits of like segments of molecules to use a technical term. Are they ions? Is, I, mean, um, I think oh, Christ, this is remembering high school chemistry. Uh, isn't it an ion when it's just like one element? A charged uh, particle ra- is, yeah. an, is an ion. I believe a free radical. I think is sort of basically half of a molecule that then can easily combine with other things. Okay. Which, uh, but and you know uh, antioxidants. Uh, it, it's it's one of those things where in a petri dish. This thing stops this thing. Like, it's like A causes cancer, B kills A in a Petri dish. Therefore, eating lots of B will stop you from getting cancer. Like that's, Oh, okay. There's a massive leap that's been made. And, in fact, some studies that show they might actually be actively bad for you. Like, sure. Wow. Also, everything is an antioxidant. Coffee, walnuts, yeah. probably Doritos. Almonds? 
or almonds? Almonds are amazing for you. <laughs> what is so good about almonds? They're full of good fats. They have a uh, surprisingly high source of vegan calcium. Um, is that a different kind of calcium? Well, no. It's just that most of the calcium that you're getting is from dairy products. And right. so vegans, it's always a concern. Um, yes. Are you vegan? No, I'm not vegan. If I, oh, I guess almond milk. That would make sense, right? <laughs> yes. The only way I could maintain this body mass while being vegan would be um, filtering krill between my teeth. Well, I guess that even that wouldn't be vegan. But yeah, plant it, krill, you know? Krill wouldn't um, be, yeah. yeah here we go. I, know, radicals. I know vegans of all, of all stripes. Okay, yeah, free you radicals. Could, you could just eat like, lots of french fries are vegan. It's uh, true. Just eat nothing but those. Fre- yeah, free radicals are atoms or molecules or ions with unpaired electrons. Or open shell configuration. And you know so what? Basically, yeah, if the electrons I'm, haven't been paired, which is what happens when they form a bond, so they're just left there with a ch- often with a charge. They could have positive, negative, or zero charge, but they're, they're generally highly chemically reactive. And they love blueberries. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, so if you just eat electricity, you'll be good. Uh, yeah, that's exactly it. Okay. So you just you need like an electrolyte's not a thing, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, electrolytes; those are just salts. Right, but that's what I mean. It's, you do, it's, it's, uh, your, it's attaching a pseudoscience word to something. Well, no, it's pe- like shampoo people... that has nutrium in it. You're just making up a scientific <laughs> well, sounding no, word. No, 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 no. Electrolyte, but it's electrolyte good is for a, your hair. It's that is a nutrium. Kind of, that is nutrium. Electrolyte is a real word. That's Ele- a real word in chemistry. Electrolyte. But that's it is that thing. situation where they do just use words that are written in real science and then just attribute like energy or force. Which have very specific meanings. In sure, science. like energy has a very specific definition, but it just gets you, you know, and quantum as well. It just, but it just gets you know, just like the quantum energy field that's surra- well, no, that's not what a quantum. That you've just you've just picked three words yeah. from science, <laughs> but they all have very specific definitions, like quantum energy and field, and just apply them to a general the more sense words of well-being. You add to this, the, right. more, the more the more scientific it sounds, right? No, but electrolytes those it's the, are the Gene Roddenberry lesson. You can die. I mean, I I've heard stories about, you know, marathon runners, you can die not just from thirst when running but from the opposite, I guess, you know, from the lack of of salts and but, so but basically Gatorade is only needed for athletes who are really exerting themselves. They've marketed it as this thing where, you know, you just need electrolytes throughout the course of your day. It's like, no, if you just so the Florida miles. Gators haven't actually needed Gatorade. <laughs> That's probably, where it was developed. Probably years. Oh. That was where I know. I know. Have you ever heard a good story about somebody being water drunk? Or yeah, that's that can kill you, right? Yeah. That's be- the opposite of being. Yeah, yeah. That, in fact, that has, uh, yeah, famously, um, like the first really well publicized ecstasy death in the UK it was, it was someone called water. Leah Betts, who yeah, then was you know her family became big anti-drug campaigners, and and she didn't. It wasn't the ecstasy that killed her. She. She drowned. Like, she literally... It, it's, but it, it was weird she, that her family got into the anti-water campaign after that. <laughs> I thought that was kind of a... That little, was kind of a bit... Uh, yeah. Water does kill. Let's they be did. honest. Water kills. It's done in a lot more people than drugs. Taking that to Africa was just in bad taste. <laughs> right, just, right. Water has killed a ton more people than drugs. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Have you seen that? There was a, like a, a little... I don't know what you'd call it, a meme going around to see if people would bite on this thing about the, the deadly nature of dihydrogen monoxide. <laughs> And it cited all the, like, in 90% of human deaths, dihydrogen monoxide has been found in their system, or like 100%, I guess. Yeah, you could, people, yeah. people de- yeah, all those things, people develop a dependency on it, and if it's taken away from them for more than a certain amount of yeah. time, they die. Yeah, oh, someone someone said water. that to me when yeah, I was yeah, at that's, work. Right. That's just another way of chemically naming water. It, but, dihydrogen you, you, monoxide, we, two hydrogens, one oxygen. Right, we sure. cut you off. Like, you, do you have stories about actual water drunk people, their behavior? No, now I just wanted to bitch about Jenny McCarthy. It's the, <laughs> like, there's just that problem of people living in a much more complex world than we did like 100 years ago, and trying to wrap their heads around it yes, and then yes. not being able to and I just get so annoyed with 
if you see something on Facebook three times, then people believe it's true. Like, you know, everyone with the Einstein quote about um, the colony collapse and deciding that that was going to be the end of the planets. I haven't um, heard this quote. What's the- oh, it was... Everyone, including Ellen Page, was quoting it. They were like Einstein. Wait, said, Ellen Page got on board with this? Yes. Uh, okay. Ellen, Ellen, well then, <laughs> noted scientist Ellen Page, um, <laughs> like was. Uh, oh, Einstein said, uh, if we if we lose the B, then human like civilization will collapse within fifty years because of all of the things that we have that rely on bees. Now, did Einstein actually say this? Einstein didn't say it. Of course no, so, not. Of course not. Like we, and even if he had, to be honest. Like Einstein, one of the greatest scientists of all time, was a physicist. Yeah, yeah right. and there, there's photos of Einstein just killing bees with tennis rackets. He yeah, hated was, bees. Well, there's there's a lot like... of shit that bees don't pollinate. <laughs> We've still got corn. Yeah, there's um, there, there was another meme that I saw again that was. Well, didn't uh, they find them all in that guy's apartment a few weeks ago? That's where they found all the bees. That guy's apartment in Brooklyn. <laughs> Turns out they weren't missing. Just, it was just some, some hipster. Some crazy hipster yeah, had yeah. all the bees in his apartment. <laughs> it's just a way to get girls to come check out his place. You guys like bees? Hey, hey, do you want to come back to the hive? Why'd you call that? You'll see. You guys, let's make a video about urban beekeeping, okay? <laughs> <laughs> urban beekeeping. Jeez. Wait, is that what the... Okay, this people, is a totally People are doing stupid. that now, yeah. Is that the origin of the blog, The Apiary? That's like a Williamsburg-based... Is there a blog called The Apiary? A huge yeah, thing, yeah. yeah. Is that, what is, is it, it about? It's well, they cover all kinds of stuff. They cover comedy. They cover. I think oh. it's just like Brooklyn. I'm showing my ignorance right now. I shouldn't be talking about this. But the Apiary is a blog. I grew I up next to an Apiary. It. I got stung so many fucking times <laughs> as a child. It was Same. terrible. Oh wow! Did you actually like engage the bees? Is that why this happened? No, Would we you? couldn't. We couldn't help it. There were goddamn bees <laughs> everywhere. Bees. Just bees and almonds. This is Guy Brennan's <laughs> childhood. Yes. Just, ah, wow. just bees and almonds. Get me away. Yeah. I bet you didn't go see my girl, huh? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Anna Chlumsky, she grew into herself, didn't she? She did. Yeah, she yeah. did. Veep is a hell of a show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in with a weird cool insect story while we're still talking about while we're talking about bees. Um, here's a, a call, a call st- in what? While we're still talking about bees, so this is a weird insect story. Oh, okay, okay. Um, it, it turns out they they found out that old age termites. Um, have the ability to turn themselves into effectively suicide bombs uh, to self-destruct when they're under attack, taking out enemies with them. Uh, they just, this is some guys from this the Academy of Sciences in the Czech Republic, oh, and from the University of Brussels. This is Czech and, Bru- and uh, Belgian scientists. They're examining termites in French Guyana. They found that some individuals had pale blue spots on their abdomens. They, they picked them up, um, and they exploded in their hands. And it turns out they, they, yeah. It turns out they pitted the spotted, the non-spotted termites against two rival species. So this is, by the way, as far as science goes, they're basically doing termite wars. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're getting these termites and pitting them against each other. And it turns out when the spotted termites were physically unable to defend themselves with their jaws, they'd commit the ultimate sacrifice. As this article puts it, in the New Scientist, burst a pouch on their backs, releasing a toxic liquid that quickly paralyzed and killed any other termites it touched. Um, when the non-spotted termites were burst. Oh, they would also burst when they were threatened, but they were more reluctant to do so, and their poison was less potent. It was five. Um, the spotted ones were five times more effective at killing attackers. Uh, so they they went like, "What's the difference between the spotted ones and the unspotted ones?" Turns out their jaws weren't as the spotted ones' jaws weren't as uh, sharp. They were a little spotty. Indicated they were older. So they yeah, they had you know a few kind of sunspots like they were old. You know, <laughs> yeah, they had spotty jaws. They, they'd lost a few of their teeth. They were a little bit just older and more decrepit and. 
and as they get older, they, they, they get less able to fight, but more able and more willing... To explode. To explode, mm. to just kind of defend the, defend the young. They get more noxious, more toxic. They concentrate their, their poison. So what percentage of our conversation is going to be old people fart jokes? <laughs> right, so let's just no. float it out there. I, What's no, the percentage just... of like slightly <laughs> inappropriate uh, racial and ethnic jokes? And what's the percentage of just ageist jokes? No, I just want to know why, why I wouldn't think the Czech Republic would have the budget for this kind of research. Like they should... Well, they teamed up with Belgium. Yeah. But, they got, the, yeah, they got those Brussels they would, dollars. They're in West Guiana? Like, French Guiana? French Guiana? Yeah. There's no West Guiana. The Czech Republic? Yeah, that's no, where the they did is... the termites. Oh, uh... No, the Czech Republic's its own country. I was going to say, like, you know, I was just wondering whether you'd massively misunderstood where... No, no. Listen, we're Americans. We don't have to know where countries are. Have you guys ever noticed that... There's a really specific mistake to make, though. Isn't the Czech Republic in French Guiana? (laughs) Isn't that country inside another country? Have you guys ever noticed that Guyanese walk like this and French Guyanese walk like this? (laughs) Am I right? Am I right? Uh, You were going to say, I I think you were about to explain why the... um, Oh, you, you already said it. So the older you get, the more bilious and full of poison you get, just like in the course of human life, I guess. And then at the end, you explode. Um, yeah, and these blue crystals, that these these spots that they found appear to be these crystals encased in pouches that sit on top of the insect salivary glands. And it's a mixture of these crystals, saliva, and what's called um, hemolymph, which is a liquid similar to blood. <laughs> and the combination of the two makes it so toxic. Has this has this gotten well, out the three, into rather. the exterminator community? Because they're going to get laid now if this gets out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, exterminators can spin this into, like, uh, I had a bunch of exploders the other day. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like September fireball. 11th firemen or something <laughs> right. walking into <laughs> right. that <laughs> house. They told me there were blue <laughs> spots in there, but I said, oh, we're going to take care of this today. It's the new backdraft. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I would like to get a shampoo with hemolymph in it. <laughs> it does sound like it would make your hair a little bit shinier, doesn't it? Yeah. Wow. But it's the opposite of, of, of human suicide bombers because you never find any old human suicide bombers. You can only talk the young and fervent into doing it. That's a good point. Yeah. Whereas it should be the older ones, really. You would like, think, you know, yeah, if you're, if you're if a believer and Firstly, you're it's easy to slip under the radar if you're a sort of 90-year-old man with your Zimmer frame and then suddenly bang. And well, this is clearly, this is clearly just... a case of the termite pop culture being influenced by Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> the blue crystals. <laughs> the blue crystals, the old ones blowing up. Yep. This is, uh, yeah. Obvi- obviously, this is what's happening here. Jesse, and I blame Jesse. the media. Sorry, that's my Jesse. That's my Brian Cranston impression. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I love animals with death superpowers. I love when we get a story about it. I always just question that they're real. That they're like making these things up. Like, wouldn't we have known? Wouldn't we have known about this? I don't know. I don't know. It's. Uh... Do you spend a lot of time in termite hives in French Guiana? <laughs> I do love social <laughs> insects. <laughs> I-, I got a friend who I was at university with, who's now an insect. I was about to say an insect. Scientist, there's a proper word for it. I'm Ent- sure. Entomologist. There we go. Guessing, uh, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll check with him. I'll, I'll check. James, if you're listening to this, uh, email in. Uh, if not, I'll send you an email and get you to listen to this, and then email in with information. Well, that, but, we'll just make that redundant, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Termites <laughs> just seem like the saddest of the social insects. It's like bees are so exciting; they get to fly, they make honey, they do right. flag signals. Even ants we respect, but fucking termites. They they like likes a termite. They fuck shit up. Like they. It's true. They're they, respected they, for their destructive ability. They create one hell of a, you know, oh, it's a termite. That, like, yeah. that's a big structure that they create. But also, I mean, yes, their, their, their hives are big. I was just going to insult your country again. We're in California that was built 40 years ago, so we haven't had enough time for termite damage as your country. Right, yeah, yeah. No, there's almost no bit of Britain left that isn't covered in termite stuff. Um, <laughs> are there termites in Britain? I don't even know. <laughs> isn't that the James, national... again, if you're listening to this, 
<laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, like it does say in this article, they just they were surprised to find this out. That it's not in the ne- in the textbooks yet. This is a new discovery. Um, it says uh, self detonation as a defensive tool, tool was is known to be used by social insects like termites, but it's never been seen accompanied by this type of chemistry. Most insects simply compress their abdominal muscles to release the contents of their intestine, more fart jokes, which normally disturbs their attackers rather than killing them. Well, it's still um, going to disturb you. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, okay, this all goes back to, I read an article once about how dolphins can use their sonar to, like, cook and, like, kill fish. Uh, if, what? If it's, like, high enough wave frequency. And I'm like, that's that's made up. If, like, if, if dolphins could shoot beams out of their faces, <laughs> they would fuck up more tuna boats, wouldn't they? <laughs> Absolutely. You'd think that, yeah. We've talked a lot about dolphins. They, they're full of surprises, though. Last episode, we talked about how they're capable of, like, this nonlinear mathematics that lets them see through air bubbles with their sonar. And Oh, really? They're yeah. way smarter Although, than Although, I mean, they're probably me. not actually doing the calculations. Well, yeah. Not the scientists just, are, but they it are. just happens. Yeah. You right? guys know the dolphin rape stories, don't you? Oh, we've talked about yeah. that as well. So. <laughs> there's, there's dolphin rape? Sure. So what? much. So much dolphin rape. Wow. Of, of humans, right? Haven't they yes. attacked some humans? Yes. Yeah. Oh wow! I don't know. If Turns they... out, ladies have smells that mean things to dolphins and orangutans. And however much we might have products to make those smells go away, dolphins and orangutans still know. And also, it turns out not only are they are they often rapists, but even the ones that aren't do laugh at rape jokes. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? They, yeah, but that is phys- physical evidence that vaginas smell like seafood. Like that's scientific <laughs> evidence oh. that we could. Don't awe. That's that's the go-to. Oh, that's the- I don't know. <laughs> Have you 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 don't know at all? I you, don't know at all. So there- Have much better things to do with a woman. No, no, no. Sure. I just mean. I just mean like uh, earlier in your life there wasn't earlier in your life there was never a. I was busy learning. Thank you very much. Mm, fair and, enough. And fair having enough. high quality friendships with women. All so right. you went straight from almonds to men. <laughs> straight from what? Straight Sorry. from almonds to men. Yes, exactly. All right. All right. So and were we there any? Book, and we got a book title out of that. All yeah. to men. Were there any women in your life early on who who were really let down that you ended up not being available to them as that kind of person? Surprisingly enough, like it's very sad. But yes, one would hope that it wouldn't be true because I'm 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 hardly a catch. I'm no Ivy League swimmer well, here. Let's, um, the worst of the Ivies, the absolute uh, worst. Uh, Brown exists. <laughs> um, but no, there was That's the other title of the book. In <laughs> Brown exists. In, um, in in eighth grade and my first year of law school, there were girls who fancied me, um, and then that didn't work out. What is that like? Um, Being in eighth grade and having girls take an interest in you, I can't imagine what that life would be She was very pathetic. She reminded me of a big rabbit. She was just sad. Oh. Wow. That's the kind of lady who goes after this guy, one who's settling as much as she can. (laughs) Settling in eighth grade. (laughs) Oh, I would have taken whatever came my way. I was all about settling in eighth grade, yeah. So so what do you do, little girl? I'm a homemaker. (laughs) (laughs) Interestingly enough, Cornell, another uh, thing taking it down a couple notches, one of its seven colleges is the College of Human Ecology, which until the 70s was the College of Home Economics. There was a school of home economics within Cornell University. I, for a brief period of time, contemplated applying to the still existing home economics programs for math. I love the idea of getting a (laughs) master's degree in home economics and then telling some man I'm overqualified to be your wife. (laughs) (laughs) All I can imagine, like literally, all I can think about is just it, it, 
like you just do lots of in the field research in grocery stores. That's all I can imagine that <laughs> that, that 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 degree being is like price comparisons of because I can understand like and- the stuff that's in home economics. There being courses at a high level in universities in that you know food technology and everything like that that's actually really developed science that would be food science that wouldn't be home economics (laughs) theoretical sewing (laughs) sewing in a fourth dimension (laughs) again again you know mathematician there there's quite a lot of high level mathematics in in the field of topology about knots and where and rope tying and and you know I'm sure there are there are crochet. I crochet and knitting patterns that are yet to be div- discovered that can be di- developed by mathematicians and so there, there, yeah. there is that science there someone just solved the tie knot um recently <laughs> some mathematicians recently found like found a way of expressing uh tie tying uh, mathematically and discovered in the process a few new knots oh that's interesting the mobius strip t- I, st- bow tie I still don't knots. understand yeah. what a mobius strip is it's just a piece of a flat piece of something, and you give it a half a twist. So then, if you drew around it, it would keep, it would it would cover both sides eventually. It doesn't really mean the, these it. things don't make any sense. to You've me. seen I, it, I'm, Mr. Wizard. Though. I'm you bad at spatial is. relations. I've only seen two dimensional representations of it in oh, books. Uh, we can make one right now. We'll I learn things script. from books. I will make one for you right now. Make one out, out of a Rizla paper. It's going to be a tiny weeny <laughs> Mobius strip for the guy. Um, but actually, I was going to mention that I. Um, I did make an attempt at... I, I failed Quantum Laundry. That was my <laughs> hardest failure. Well, the trouble is you just don't know whether or not the clothes are in the wash until you exactly, check. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That is a Schrodinger's cat reference. How do you know Schrodinger's that. cat if you didn't study uh, anything? Because he's a well-read and intelligent man. Exactly. Okay. Here's your mobile Actually, strip. it's Douglas Adams. Boom. <laughs> there you go. Out of a piece of cardboard. Oh, so you see that's how not just that gave it a half a twist and so then if you follow it. if you follow it round, if you start off on the surface and start following it, you'll It'll end up on both sides. you'll end up on the back of it and then you carry on and you'll end up on the front of it. So it's actually only one side, even though it's a it, Oh, that's interesting. So Yeah, Sorry. so there's yes. no so it's an object that only it's a two dimensional object that exists in three dimensional space that okay. only has one side, a single sided object. Okay. In the in the idealized version, like in the version in the real life thing, obviously it has depth. There is one very very thin. Like there's also a very very thin side that, but yeah, yeah. But also, still only one of those as well. There's only one edge. I guess I get it now. Yep. I'm not that impressed. No. What about what if we? I know what you, Brownie uh, in motion is. I know what Brownie in motion. What's Brownie in motion? Brownie in motion is uh, the motion that some guy named Brown observed of um, of pollen on top of a liquid, and it moves really, really weirdly. It like bounces around, and then Einstein explained it mathematically, and that's what he won his first Nobel Prize for, I think. I don't... It's also a good name for a Girl Scout dance troupe. <laughs> Am but, I wrong about what Brownian motion is? Uh, you're Brownian right about what it is. I didn't know that Einstein won a Nobel Prize. See, the thing is, I did competitive trivia in college, and so I learned science not in any useful way, but in a just enough to answer a question about something. Sure. Like, sure. when it comes to elements on the periodic table, I am ready to answer a question about technetium and nothing else. <laughs> what um, what Brownian motion shows, though, because it, yeah, it is this pollen that's moving on the surface and it's moving erratically, and it shows that there are smaller particles that you can't see that are, that are bouncing against it. Yeah, it's because um, of electrons, right? Well, not not or, just... just the, just the uh, moving molecules of the water. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah, it, so it shows that there are these these other smaller things that are moving around that uh, that we can't see that's affecting the motion. Um, I believe it's his '06 Nobel Prize. Einstein did okay. Einstein did have a theory that was related to it. This was um, one of Einstein's first theories, but maybe uh, and I think yeah, I think he he came up with the diffusion equation for it. Uh, I think his first theory was that hairbrushes are useless. 
Yeah, well, I think he actually proved in the process that whatever you do to your hair, it's going to keep on moving erratically, so you might as well not bother. Yeah, yeah. Brownie and hair motion. So we can't see if he actually won the... Uh, you know what? I recommend going to the Brownie and Motion Wikipedia page because there's some pretty awesome moving graphics. Check these out. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Yeah. I'm sorry that I raised yeah. a question with no good answer Oh, no, 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 no. That's okay. That's okay. Um, what, what else we got in the, uh, the yeah. topic burner well, there's, there? There's one that I was going to talk about that uh, you guys know how iris scanners work. I, secure. I've learned from spy movies. movies. Yeah. <laughs> spy movies, of course. Um, although I guess I thought they were usually retinal scanners, but I guess iris scanners are also a, a digital means of, of oh, Can I do this in split? Things. I have to go to that play thing. Oh, certainly. Yeah, yeah. As I'm just going to... And then do this this story and out and we thank you and we thank you again for making our theme song no it's, of it's course great. no and, and I'm, I'm happy to sit in I just didn't know I gotta we'll have you back on, on as a I gotta go see King Ficus King Ficus I gotta go see King Ficus that's a play yes yeah Shakespeare's first play is that really yeah, again yeah. shows how shows how educated I was what is that a band King Ficus <laughs> which it probably yeah. is that's not a Shakespeare play I think it is yeah what no. what I'm going with someone else they told me it was the first play King no, his first, going alone. his first play is yeah. The Comedy of Errors. Okay. What's King Ficus? Well, I've never heard of King Ficus. That's what I'm going to It tonight. means King mm. Fig Tree. It does say, yeah. according to Google, uh, the newly discovered and thoughtfully edited Shakespeare's King Ficus. Oh. Is that How real or made Ficus? up? P-H-Y-C-U-S. Did we find a new Shakespeare play? Am I learning this on a science podcast? Oh, my God. I had no idea. Uh... Uh, unless, hang on. Oh, wait a second. I think this is made I, up. I know. I think mm. it might be that someone has written a play and okay. claimed that it's. A sh- yes. Is this the Blair Witch Project of Shakespeare yes. plays? Right Shakespeare's here? King Ficus by Tom Wilmoth. Oh, Look, okay. you guys bring okay. me here. You bring me here. All right. <laughs> as a science podcast, you lull me into a sense of hey, I don't necessarily know what I'm talking about. <laughs> then right. you make this an English podcast, <laughs> and you have me questioning things that I know oh. in my soul. <laughs> wow. No, this is on me. This is on me, you guys. I was well, told... No, but I'm just so excited that you're not going to see a band, as live music is a terrible experience that no one should have to experience. <laughs> but it's fucking summertime, it's evening, and you should go to a play. I'm where... going to go see a play. Where, but... where is this play? It's a popular uh, opinion. It's thing. at the, uh, the Antius Theater, because uh, it was like down the street, but I got to go pick up, pick up the lady, and we got to go see it, because her, uh, her ex-boyfriend's in it. So it's going to be a fun oh, night. That's it's going to be a fun night. Perfect. Perfect evening. It's going to be nothing. It's not going to be weird. <laughs> I'm going to be secure and confident all night. <laughs> and, um, not at all threatened by the alpha male who we're all being entertained yes. by. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love how much a person being on stage just makes them more attractive. Yeah, it's yeah. the only reason I've had sex for the past 10 years. Uh, me too, buddy. I got to get back into stand-up. Jeez. <laughs> No, people like the guy who runs the podcast and the festival Do as well. They? Is that a thing they like? I don't know if they yeah. like. I don't sure. think that's the case. No. Running the festival is good if you want to have sex with comedians. Also, being an Ivy League swimmer helps. <laughs> Surprisingly not, actually. <laughs> Surprisingly not. The guy who lost his virginity his senior year of college. Um, oh. Uh, late virginity loss, I respect a great deal. No, I don't respect I had, it. I had very late. How old were you? You were 22? 21. I was 23. Uh, okay. 24, second year of law school. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Wow, I'm, I'm 18, and I thought I was going to be off by miles. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're listening to a Matt science podcast here. Right? But you guys have a socialized system, right? Like at 18, everyone just gets... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just get to sign someone by the yeah. government. <laughs> it's like service in the Israeli military. It's compulsory. Yeah. yeah. That's what will happen soon in America, thanks to Obamacare. <laughs> I, I do. do you want your daughter having sex with any man at the age of 18? 
I, I do love that we have national health insurance like you guys got in 1911. Like, yeah. we're a hundred years behind you guys. And it's not even like... Well, it's, we're dismantling it right now, though. It's, it's kind of bad. It's not required. It's just if you don't have sex at 19, there's either a penalty or a tax, depending on how you look <laughs> yeah, at it. Yeah, depending on... Yeah. Depending yeah. which Supreme Court judge you listen to. Yeah, yeah because Romney sex... Which which was tried just in one state <laughs> was uh, was a little different there, but that that yep. you know it turns out it's the same thing. I mean, it is like, it is identical, but obviously Massachusetts girls are different. So right, yeah, yeah. right. Massachusetts so. girls are all like, "Hey." And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. Anyway, we gotta get back to the last story before Jesse has to go. So uh, iris scanners, it turns out, they can be tricked by hackers. Uh, security researchers have discovered a way to replicate a person's eye to bypass iris scanning security systems. A team at the Universidad Autónoma de Madrid uh, was able to recreate the image of an iris from digital codes of real irises stored in security databases. And the findings were shared at the annual Black Hat Security Conference in Las Vegas. So this is pretty amazing. This is like, this is sort of Mission Impossible level of spy work. This right. is them... Because you're not pulling to, off your other eye to well, reveal the real eye. Behind. Yeah, you're not. Me- firstly, you're not meant to be able to with any kind of a, a code. You're not meant to be able to go back from the thing that they store to the original thing. Like same with passwords in the computer. When you when you send most good websites, when you store a password, they they encrypt it in some way. Mm-hmm. And then when you type in your password uh, to try and log in again, they don't have your original password listed. They just encrypt it the same way and then check to see if that's the same. Like that's that's how they test, and that's I presume how these iris scanners meant to work. Like it, you know, they they take the photo of your iris, digitize what if it. All in the some encryptions way. are password. Exactly. <laughs> My eye is just let me in. That's all it says. Have you guys ever been positive that you typed your password wrong and it lets you in? Um, because I, you know, you motor through it, right? Yes. Like you just sometimes, motor yes. through. But like on Gmail, like sometimes, because I've got like a thirteen character password or something. I'm very what, paranoid. Wow. What is it? Um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you after. Mine is my favorite Shakespeare character, so it's not King Ficus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But I, I think well, you're a little paranoid. Your, pa- your password down to what? How many characters can there be overall in Shakespeare's play? It can't be more than about two hundred. Exactly. Plus, knowing, I bet we can guess it if we had a few minutes here. No, you couldn't. No. Um, Goldenstein Prospero <laughs> No Stop um, <laughs> Donnie Shakespeare <laughs> Is this going to remove the requirement That I hang upside down So I don't touch any um, weight sensors While I steal things like, Iris thing um, That might not be necessary now You might just be able to walk in With your new fake eye That you've managed to get By hacking into, hacking into the system Getting the file Reverse engineering the, What the eye should look like Well I, I think what they were saying Is they recreated the image of an iris From digital codes of real irises So not okay. necessarily of Oh, you're, you're saying that that doesn't mean the, that, that they have the the actual image of those irises. You're saying that that was a code they reverse engineered that shouldn't have been hackable in the first place. I, I think I, I could be wrong, but either way, that does they if they are now able to make fake eyes that can trick the system from whatever dig, digital way they store it. Maybe it is encrypted, but they can still go from the information right. they have. That's what I thought was the more impressive. So they thing go from was. the information they have to kind of they can now make an eye that matches up to that password. So that can Spanish hackers give me a fake iris that is the luminous blue of Paul Newman? Like, can they do that? That is the question. Um, I want an Elijah almost. Wood. Can I get one of those? Is, with his issue, it's not just the color; it's also the size. Right. I think that he's had them enlarged. Right, and the intensity. <laughs> yeah. The soulfulness. Like the depth. Have any of you boys been hit on by Elijah Wood? 
No. Wait. Wait, is he closeted? Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, well, I don't know. People always tell me stories about getting hit on at video game conventions. Uh, is it, by the way, is it bad form? I mean, because if somebody is, like, isn't it their business? And is it bad? Is it, like, do you as an out gay man feel contempt for people that are closeted or just like they're doing their thing, let them on their own time do the. I feel contempt for almost everyone. Okay, okay. I have to respect the fact that people are on their own sort of like pace. But when you're famous, I have a real problem with the fact that everyone comes out about three years after they were successful when they need a revitalization and a lot of people remain closeted to make things a little bit easier for them because they don't want to have to fight the fight, yeah. which makes it a little bit harder for everybody else who is having to fight the fight. Not so much me as the little children. That right, makes it sound right. like I'm less selfish than I am. No, no, but I, mean, um, I see the point. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand that we have to respect and not out people, but it doesn't... But I still get annoyed with it, especially if you're getting celebrity level tail. That's my problem. (laughs) If you're getting celebrity level tail, but then on The Tonight Show, you're not like doing the work of talking about it. I guess the lesson here is that the real Mordor is society. (laughs) (laughs) I got to go. I got to get out of that. That is a perfect Um, out. Elijah Wood has cast his ring almost everywhere. Thank you, Jesse Case. By the way, listen to or uh, watch Jesse Case. Uh, his YouTube series is called Normal. I believe you can look it up on YouTube. Just look up Normal Sketch normal Comedy. Sketch. Normal Sketch on YouTube. YouTube slash sketch. He and, and Courtney Kolchak do a great uh, uh, comedy sketch series on YouTube called Normal And sketch. also follow him on Twitter. Yep, now we're going <laughs> to enjoy watching your girlfriend's ex. That's- so, yeah. In support of Jesse and his general hilarity, find him on Twitter, find him on Facebook, all of those kind of things. He's just at Jesse Case, J-E-S-S-E-C-A-S-E on Twitter. I would like to make a Spanish hacker's joke. Please do. Please. Basically comes down to it must have been hard for them to write all of that code, taking three-hour naps during the middle of the day (laughs) and spilling cold tomato soup on their computers. (laughs) Uh, You missed out uh, waving cloth at bulls. Right. (laughs) Yep. Our server was gored. <laughs> <laughs> Just paella everywhere. Just paella soaked eyeballs. Well, that's the thing: is when the server gets really hot, then you throw the pan on top and you start collecting shells. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just lost all our Spanish listeners. We can track them by country, interestingly enough. I like to do that and see how much our racism turns off the various locales. But who's, who's, who's racist against the Spanish? No one, well, no, the I, think, I think you're allowed to be I think safe. Spain's one of those safe countries you can be totally. prejudiced against because they're, yeah. they're affluent, it's first world, they're white for the most part. So and they're still brutally... And they used to own half the world, so you can yeah. kind of... Yeah. Have you guys spent any time in Spain? No. Yeah. None at all. I've spent a fair bit of time in Spain, but it's Where'd that's less impressive as a Brit because it's roughly the same distances here to. That's what bothers me about when, <laughs> when British people come here and start bitching about how Americans haven't been to another country. I have I have material about that. I, oh, yeah, do I, you? I, well, I have a jo- uh, yeah. In I our have defense? a joke. I I yeah. I just tell people, you know, how many Brits would have a passport if you could get everywhere from Moscow to Lisbon on your library card? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bill Bryson wrote uh, that book, didn't he? It was basically bitching about stuff and he went to, like, most people haven't been to Alabama, or haven't been to Alabama, but it's like, distance to Denmark is what it is for us to go to Alabama. Yeah, from, from London, um, there's various cheap airlines that cost very little indeed if you book them quite away in advance. And you can, from, from London, you could get to about probably about 10 
European countries within two hours of flight. Yeah, like it, you know that considerably. Cl- there are te- there are a very large number of countries that were closer yeah. to my house in London than say Chicago is to to me right now. Oh, of course, yeah. That's um, a good two thousand miles. Yeah, it's just you know you can people swim to France, like you can <laughs> swim. <laughs> Like the the English Channel or La Manche as the Amer- as the French call it because it's because uh, they don't call it the English Channel but it's um people swim it you know and there are record people swim it quite quickly now you know there there are in a few hours there um it's very close you can see um you, you can see Russia from there was that you can see, <laughs> you can you can see Russia from there but yeah. yeah you can get you can get to France you can get um a ferry across that doesn't take very long at all to to the north of Spain you can you can get to uh, Holland in no time. You can obviously the Eurostar train honest, goes to Paris a, and Brussels. In, a lot in two of those hours. things shouldn't be countries. Let's be let's be clear. Belgium, really? Very generous <laughs> with I, the title. I, I, take your, I see your Belgian and raise you Luxembourg, which um, is a city. I, a country. I did a video about why Luxembourg is still a country. <laughs> no wait, is it Liechtenstein a thing that's even smaller than that? What is? It that? was essentially is a, a dude's city state. It, is, it was a dude's house. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and the Vatican City, which is technically a building inside Italy, is. Is a is a is country a sovereign in its own right. nation? Yeah. Yes, but you know that like they, p- women aren't allowed to have children there. It's like a thing that women can't have children there. Um, so because then they would have like citizenship in this place or something. Or why? I'm so not what sure happens if someone's about to give birth? Do they just not declare what? it? <laughs> is it like when people used to not be able to die inside Disneyland? <laughs> Which is a true thing. Like, they would never declare someone officially dead until they were offside. I never thought about it in the same way. We should try to get you, like, at we least... try to kill you in Disneyland? No, you in observer status for Disneyland. <laughs> if you give birth in Disneyland, they must have a lifetime pass, right? That must be part of the rules. You would, you would hope so. Yeah. Or at the very least, know. like, some free years. Yeah. <laughs> give them something. Like one of the, one of the people in costume comes to cut the umbilical cord, like Mickey or Minnie has to. Have you always wanted to get arrested at Disneyland just to see what it's like? Just see Disney well, that, Disney that, prison. They yeah. used to get into trouble for that as well. That until it sort of leaked out, there was um because it, it used to be the case that if you phoned nine one one within Disney from one of their payphones, it would go through to Disney Police first, and it goes through to their own switchboard. Oh, that's fucked up. Wow. I mean, of course, nowadays everyone has cell phones anyway, so that's yeah. it would. Uh, it w- that doesn't work anymore. But You're Jewish, right? I am Jewish. Go to Disneyland on Christmas. It's the most awesome thing ever. <laughs> oh, really? Because it's just Jews and Muslims. Like, it is... Oh, that's funny. It is just... Together at last. Yes, it is... Like, it was just head coverings of various sorts as far as oh. the eye could see. Were the Jews and Muslims uniting over the short lines? <laughs> yes, no, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> Wait, is this... Could this be the solution to everything? If we just open some theme parks? <laughs> Overseas, could we just could we do that? Could we get like a West Bank themed thing that would uh, yes. just get like a Six Flags over drop? hatred? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the solution to all these problems. Wow, we might have just figured it out. Uh, and we'd have to have something more secure than a retinal scanner to get you in there because that's yeah. not going to be enough. You can obviously do scale the Golan Heights and plunge sixty <laughs> stories to a what? I just uh, back to the iris scanner thing. I think there's something weird about the fact that. The more technology we create, the more technology we create to get around that technology. And I always used to get sad that, like, now that I have a cell phone, when I need to flee, like, the feds, as I know I'll need to based on every movie that I've seen in my life, like, oh, no, what am I going to be able to do? But I guess we just end up having more technology. And it's in the end, it's just like Star Trek, where the answer to everything will be made up words. 
Yeah. Well, we're incredibly trackable now. Like, it's it's very hard. You have to drop a lo- get rid of a lot of stuff from your pocket if you want to properly evade the authorities. Yeah. Like, your phone is constantly telling people where you are. Um, if you've got any of those... Like a lot of ID chips and your credit yeah, cards. Exactly, all of those ones. Um, a lot of transport systems, like the you know the, uh, have those, uh, have the little chips in them, and that tells you people the low where jack you are. things. And phones are going to start having them as well. Like, there's a good chance the next generation of iPhones is going to have the. It's like what the proximity uh, payment device where you just oh oh it's going to have it built into it the same way where you just wave your you can wave a phone over a scanner as a as a lawyer that bothers me because like we have protections against search and seizure Mm -hmm. and all of these things are just completely getting around it and there have been a couple of big cases recently where the conservative justices have basically said. Nope, you gave up your rights when you got a phone or whatever you did. Like, we- right. As if there was a choice, as if yeah, there was yeah, an alternative yeah. to it. Because you can yeah. certainly, there have been cases where, again, hackers have found ways to take data off of phones just by standing next to them. Yeah. And, and off of various credit card chips as well. And also, it's not like it's not like there's any compet- like it's not like there's real competition in this field. It's not like you can start a mom and pop <laughs> phone making company that will be a competitor to the five phones that we have. Yeah. It's tricky. I don't know what the solution is. If you guys, hey, if you guys have a solution to the uh, global security crisis and impending lack of privacy that we all have as human beings, feel free to email us. Uh, probably science at gmail dot uh, Or li- just write us a letter and leave <laughs> it at our what? doorstep. That's probably the best way. I can the libertarian my paradise that is Somalia. Oh my god! I, this this uh, dovetails nicely into. Um, is that my backpack right there? That is, is your that yours. Uh, this is. Oh no! This is my backpack right here. Uh, you guys talk for one second. I got to show you something I got in the mail today. It's incredible. Okay. Well, hello there, Matt Kershen. Hey, Guy Branham. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm, I'm intrigued as to what um, Annie's going to get from the mail. I wonder if it's a smaller recreation of his swimming picture. <laughs> <laughs> I would be very excited by that. This is a... You've got... A, is that a FedEx parcel? A parcel? This is a U, U.S. Postal Service priority mail letter that was returned to me uh, for having insufficient address. It, the return address is is my address and my name. I did not send this. Oh. And I don't recognize the name of the person it was sent to in Pompano Beach, Florida. So obviously, being a curious sort, I open it up and I see a check for $4,775, a cashier's check made out to this person in Florida. Who put your address and your name as the return address. And let me walk you through this. And there's a letter from mystery shoppers, attention prospective shopper, which is how you would address someone you just sent a check for $5,000 to. Uh, This is a payment for your first mystery shopper and survey assignment. You are to email me at taskscheduler at AOL.com as soon as you receive this package for further instructions. I look forward to reading from you via email ASAP. Sincerely, Ryan Wright, task scheduler coordinator at mystery shoppers. And then a bunch of... Wow, so this is a a Nigerian scam. Yeah, it's a Nigerian scammer. But they've spent money on this, because to do that, they've got to set, like, they've actually sent, well, I guess they've had to spend money on an envelope and that kind of thing. They had to spend money on an envelope and then make sure they get the wrong address. they got the letter to you. It's supposed to get to me, and then out of curiosity, I open it, and then I noticed that that someone's getting $5,000 for being a mystery shopper, so then I'm going to email taskscheduler at AOL.com and ask about this uh, mystery shopper assignment and see if I can get one. So firstly, they send you the letter for free. I gotcha. So they send the letter to you for free by sending it to someone else with insufficient postage and putting your address as the return address. Well, actually, the correct postage, but insufficient address, I guess. The other, the, so maybe it was a non-existent address in Pompano Beach, but, Florida. But with, it, with insufficient postage, so then it gets returned to the sender, i.e. Yes. you, 
So that's how they get the letter to you. And then I look at it and I'm curious because I'm like, an idiot. Oh my God, I could make $4,000 for this month. Exactly. And you'd have to be an idiot to fall for this. Who would fall for this? I'll tell you who would. My roommate in Seattle fell for this. <laughs> really? Yeah. She, except she found this on Craigslist because sometimes they do the same mystery shopper things and they advertise. They're looking for mystery shoppers. So she answered this thing and they were going to pay her $150. I apologize if I told this on here before. I don't know if I have. Um, $150 to go be a mystery shopper somewhere. Yeah. They pay her in advance. They're, we're going to send you a check, and then you'll go off to this place. Uh, she gets a check for $1,500. So it's 10 times what it's supposed to be. Right. And then they call her instantly and say, we messed up. We put an extra zero on it. Can you we send me back the difference? Wire us back the difference. Uh, I've seen them do that, yeah. that same scam as well in, with um, people who are trying to sell stuff on Craigslist. Yeah. Where, or put down um, deposits on a part. Like so if you're advertising a combination. They put down a deposit on the uh, new apartment, and they just go and they send you a cash a check yeah. for 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 too much money. And they go, "Oh shit, we put the wrong amount of money on the thing. Could you could you wire us back the dis- difference?" And then, and of course, meanwhile, and it then takes... you you wire back the difference. That money goes through instantly, and then the check the original check bounces. Yeah, right. So um, it's, it's all about the time because it takes about four days for that first check to come back as not legitimate and they have to hound you in that period to wire the money right away and then you're screwed. And actually the same thing happened when I was, I was briefly... cashing that check though? Why not? It's, like, it's <laughs> not made out to me. It's made out to this person. That's what I'm saying. Like it wasn't... The intention is uh, I just okay. see this and I'm intrigued by what this person could have done to earn this money. But I actually had a similar thing when I, I was briefly a tutor. I, I put an ad on Craigslist and uh, surprised anybody took me up in it but I was a math and physics tutor for a little while like two or three years ago. And um, I had a lot of, not a lot, I had like, you know, four or five legitimate jobs, but um, I got multiple emails from people who, it was obviously, it was obviously a Nigerian scammer and um, the English was as broken as it always is in those kind of scams. And they also, I could already see how it was going to work where they were saying, our son is coming over. First of all, the guy tried to impress me by putting his name as like E-N-G-R period and then a made up. You know, American name. So, as if you're if you're an engineer, you call yourself Engineer Andy <laughs> I Wood. Am engineer. I am Engineer Andy Wood. Like it, like as if it's like a kids' cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Engineer That's... John. <laughs> I am uh, a bus driver excuse guy. Excuse me. Yeah. In Spanish-speaking countries, I am avocado guy Branham. Thank you very much. <laughs> avocado. Um, so yeah, they, they they were gonna say they were sending their son overseas for the summer to study, and we were also they were gonna send me extra money to also pay for his. Um, uh, housing or something. They were already giving me hints as to how this was going to go down that I was going to get scammed. So I didn't write back. But I did love the emails because they were so full of these listen to how normal and American I am. I am engineer Thomas Bradley. It's very unfortunate that like we have come to a time where like I remember like seven years ago I tried to get a roommate and it was just all oh I'm a European student looking for like it was all scams yeah and then I did I, I have been irregularly employed for a while and I did this thing called Airbnb where people come and like pay to stay in your extra room oh cool. um except like a month ago people just started like stealing stuff and making copies of keys and you know the bad people figured out the the hipster collectivist uh, uh. thing and. It's all destroyed. This is super interesting podcasting. No, is, I'm no, sorry. is that also what's happened with? Have you ever used couch surfing? No. Has that also been spoiled by the baddies? I have no idea. I've, 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 I've done I've that never, a couple times. Well, a few people, um, I know, got like nearly got stiffed. I think they managed to. They tweaked it at the last minute for last year at the Edinburgh Festival for accommodation, which again, oh, yeah. everyone's trying to get accommodation for yeah. this month. And there was one that was good value and just a little bit suspiciously too good value. Yeah. And they're asking for a deposit, and then some, they got someone who lived there to check, and that place just didn't exist. There's been stories of people turning up, like more 
several people turning up at the same time to the same non-existent accommodation. Huh. I mean, it was like it was a very nice system while it worked. Like a couple of times, I had shows and I would do that because it was cheaper. Generally, the places ended up being scuzzy and almost yeah. as much as getting a hotel room. Uh, but my guest room is very, very lovely and only sixty dollars a night. But I'm not renting mm. it anymore. Uh, yeah, except I know, to I listeners of this podcast. Exactly okay. to listeners. Of so this if you go to guybranham.com and put in the code word "probably science," you can stay at his house for. <laughs> If you have photos of you as a swimmer in college, it's down to $35 a night. What if they're giant ones mounted on wood? Even better? I will pay you $35 a night. I'm, deba- I'm not going to put this up on the site. That would be ridiculous. I'm not going to take the picture. No, you have Sorry, to put listeners. it up on the no, site. Uh, uh, listeners to the show, if you want Andy to put the... Uh, Let's put it to listeners. Yeah. yeah, put it to listeners. Tweet, tweet as always, tweet, email in. Um, we should probably wrap this up soon. But um, if as always, any comments, any corrections, uh, any uh, clarifications on any science stories or any points we raise or anything you just want to say hi, then you can always tweet us at Probably Science, email probablyscience at gmail.com, go to probablyscience.com and find our Tumblr and everything. You just... It, anything probably science anything is probably science is probably going to end up yeah, with us yeah. at some point. So send those messages, send them into us. Um, review guy, us on iTunes. Also. Oh, please do, please do. If you've enjoyed our show, please rate us, please review us, give us nice things, uh, write us, uh, <laughs> write up nice things. And uh, and guy, do you have anything to plug? Any? Yes, you should follow me at guy Branham on Twitter, and you should also watch the Factuary. It's at thrashlab.com where I explain things why Luxembourg is still a country. I still don't have any good science stuff because I'm not a scientist. Um, That's quite all right. Uh, yes. But yeah, fo- find him online, follow him, go and see his things. And uh, Guy Brennan, thank you very much thank for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was great me. to have you. Yeah. And we will see you next week. Bye.